This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, things are going to change in the BC legislature today. Let's find out why. Joining us now, Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. Yes, we have the return of Kevin Falcon. Yeah, we're getting a new leader of the opposition in British Columbia. Kevin Falcon announced he was leaving BC politics about 10 years ago and went into private business. He's back, won the Liberal leadership in February, won the necessary by-election at the end of April, and the results are certified. He'll take the oath of office, take his seat in the chamber, and uh, I won't say let the festivities begin, but certainly let the political equivalent of uh, armed combat <laughs> resume. It's, uh, it's We're into the politics now, and it's going to be heavy going from now till the next election. I would imagine so, and it's like um, the, the right now it seems like the premier is the gift that keeps on giving. You know, I have to say, I listened to the Premier on Friday, and John Horgan has been a political phenomenon in this province. He was not a great opposition leader. He hated the job. But when he ran for office in 2017, he hit the mark. He found the winning issues, stripped the B.C. Liberals of their legislative majority, won a landslide in 2020, and his polling numbers have been excellent, and I think he's earned them. I think the public likes him and thinks he's doing a good job. I'm listening on Friday to that press conference where he gets asked about gasoline prices. And, you know, we call it a gaffe when a politician says what he really thinks. But he says, uh, ask yourself, is this trip really necessary? And, I mean, I'm not surprised there's an explosion of rage and indignation and everything else on this. As I said, I heard it and I thought, Horgan has been in shaky health and it's been reported and I'm just going like, is he starting to lose his touch? I really am. You know, I hate to say it, but I did wonder the same thing because I thought it sounded, and nobody wants to be lectured to by a politician, oh. right? They want to be sympathized with. Yeah, and you know, the reason this is so surprising to me is because John Horgan perfectly politically understood the issue around the cost of commuting, particularly exactly. in Metro Vancouver, where people spend hours every day in their cars, budget on the basis of what it costs to get them to and from work. That's why Horgan's decision to get rid of the tolls on the two bridges was a masterstroke that started the 2017 election. He recognized the affordability issue. So here we are, almost five years later, and he turns around and goes, well, ask yourself, do you really need to get in that car and what? Go to work, Premier? I drive to work every day. I, you know, you gave me tax relief, toll relief way back in 2017. You've given us relief on ICBC. So why are you now turning around and pretending that people who drive to work Every day, people who have to get their kids to childcare or go shopping, people in the interior who don't have access to public transit, people who have jobs 
and they haul a trailer full of tools behind them, or they're in commercial business and they and they spend half their days yeah. in their cars. Why are you throwing out this comment to me that is it's insulting and devastating at the same time, and worse, it's not sympathetic to public concern the way which is what got Horgan to the polling numbers yeah. and the approval rating he has today. There's so many different ways that that could have been phrased to make those same points, but in a much more sympathetic fashion. And I do wonder, like, why would you hand the opposition all of this on a platter when you know you've got this new opponent coming in? Well, I say he's getting sloppy uh, at, at the best. I mean, he's the one who said, look, I went back into the pool too soon after getting COVID-19. So he's the one who said he's tired at the end of the day. He's he's told us that, and, and look, sympathy for him. He's been through a lot in terms of his health. Absolutely, yeah. But the other thing that comes to mind is he's let the polling numbers go to his head. That is something that happens to politicians. It happens to their supporters. They look at the numbers and they go, hey, you know, uh, the public loves us. We can't do any wrong. Well, you know. Um, Until you do. Poll, <laughs> polls, as we know, are snapshots, goes. right? Yeah. And and they turn around and they can, they can be fickle. Just ask Premier Adrian Dix, who led, you know, every day until Election Day in, in 2013. Like, it really, it really was surprising to hear him talk that way. And you're right. I mean... Uh, I will be very surprised if Kevin Falcon doesn't seize on that issue today. He already did on on Friday afternoon on, on the Jazz Joe Hall show on NW. But I mean, it, it's it's a gimme for an opposition politician, Premier. Do you not understand why people have to make that trip in their cars twice a day, every day? It's how they get to work. I know, and again, like I understand the point that was trying to be made, but. There's so many different ways you could have yeah. phrased that to even to, to make that point and still sound empathetic. But yeah, and I'll remind you of something else, too, that happened last Monday. It didn't get a huge amount of attention, but the government announced an increase, an increase in one of the taxes on fuel. Like in the middle of this crisis of record prices, the government comes out and announces they're amending the low carbon fuel standard. So that means that Fuel is more expensive because it's more expensive to produce low-carbon fuel. And the minister, energy minister, Bruce Ralston, admitted last Monday that it will add a penny a liter to the price of fuel. It's built into the price, so it doesn't show up at the pump. will add a penny a liter to the fuel price starting the 1st of next year. It's already added $0.12 cents built into the price of fuel. So a government in the middle of a fuel crisis... And a, and a backlash over gasoline prices is taking steps that will actually increase the price of fuel. Again, this is a government that has gone gotten out of touch with the public mood. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. That is a tough one. Uh, also, let's talk about the museum situation. We're going to be speaking with the minister in charge of this, Melanie Mark, coming up later on the show. But I was quite surprised by this very big announcement having to do with the Royal BC Museum. Yeah, she got quite choked up at the announcement on Friday, and I think for a, a whole bunch of reasons, and I'm sure she'll go into it. But uh, the thing, I, I hope she does a better job today than than she and the Premier did Friday explaining why this is really necessary. So the Provincial Museum, the Royal BC Museum, is a major tourist attraction in Victoria, but it's more than that. It's a huge 
uh, institution in the community. I took my daughter there when she was growing up. Everybody takes their family there. It's a fantastic place. It's loved in the communities. And the government tried to dress this announcement up, Simi, on Friday as, hey, we're going to spend a billion dollars replacing the museum and the archives, and it's great news for the Capitol. The thing that jumped out at me, the Provincial Museum is closing permanently in September, Labor Day weekend, for good. And it will be closed for eight years. It's a long time. I I noted (laughs) our colleague Richard Zussman, who has two little kids and likes taking them to the museum, he tweeted out on Friday, uh, by the time the museum reopens, my daughter will be old enough to work there. So this is a, a loss of a huge institution. Um, they said a whole bunch of stuff on Friday about why this is really necessary. I, again, am surprised that an NDP government did this to a community that elects new Democrats. This is not some little town in the interior that blew down, burned down, and it elects liberals. This is NDP territory here. The premier's riding is here. Uh, The transportation minister's riding here. The agriculture minister's riding is here. Uh, This is is a huge institution for Victoria. And, man, I talked to a group on the weekend. I said, go have a look at the Provincial Museum. This is your last chance to see it. Come September the 1st or September the 7th, it's gone. I don't understand the length, the timeline on this one. Like, I understand that the museum needs, you know, renovation and restoration and all of that. Like, great. Yes, I applaud all of that. But eight years seems like a really long time. Yeah, like, you know, the the immediate reaction here was, was, you heard a lot of it was twofold. I mean, okay. Closing it for eight years, um, you know, in Alberta, they redid their provincial museum. They did it in three years. Okay, so why couldn't you keep part of it open as a museum while you do the other part? Like, that that just wasn't clear at all. It's only been there, what, 57 years. The other reaction, of course, was the billion dollars. And people are going, I'm waiting for a family doctor. I'm can't afford the gasoline prices for streets. I don't feel safe in the streets anymore. The walk-in clinic in my neighborhood is is closing. Uh, Is this the best use you have for a billion dollars? And look, I know the money's spread over eight years, so it's not a billion dollars this year. But still, again, it struck me as just a sign of a government that's just really out of touch all of a sudden. And they've not been out of touch with the public mood for five years in office. That's why their polling numbers have been so good up to now. Mm, All right. Well, thank you for that, Vaughn. Bye-bye.